Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. All right, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And uh, this is another one that we recorded at ATA with Matt Garris, owner and uh, fabricator for out on a limb manufacturing and uh, we just kind of get to hear his story and, and uh, everything I guess that goes along with being in uh, a startup in the, the archery industry, the outdoor industry, uh, ups and downs, kind of get to hear his story complete uh, start to finish from, from when he uh, you know, first came into the industry and kind of how his journey has taken him to uh, where he's at today with the award-winning uh, sticks, the Shakar sticks, at uh, debuted at the ATA show this year, and they won the new product gold award for uh, most innovative product. And I got to tell you, when you talk to Matt, he's, I mean, he's a real hard on his sleeve type of uh, character. But when you when you call him, if you've got a, if you have an idea if you want to change something up or you just want to order a piece of something or have an idea. I mean, he's a guy that answers the phone. So when you call there, you know, the number on the websites is cell phone number. So, um, it was really cool to sit down with him and, and kind of talk and kind of hear the story. Cause you know, I, I kind of knew where he had come from a little bit, uh, where, how he, how he started, but, um, to see kind of how the whole thing has transitioned into where he started and what he was building when he started to, to kind of what he's doing right now was, you know, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy this podcast. Um, we got a f- few things coming up. I spent the, the, uh, the weekend, uh, at a traditional archery show. So hopefully we're going to get to some more, uh, traditional archery here, uh, coming up in the future. And we're going to be doing some uh, podcast on uh, some of that sort of stuff, and I, I went to the outdoor show at the Deltaplex here locally, and uh, talked to some of our 
our local companies and we're going to have some more stuff on here about um talked with nick percy again um and sit down and do some more food plotting stuff so if you've got any questions uh on any of that sort of stuff uh feel free to shoot us a message um got some more hats in and shirts so if you guys are interested uh in any of the the shirts or hats or anything uh let me know um and then we are going to be going to um i've been trying to go for three years now the dan infault uh, scouting workshop we're going to be going to that over in wisconsin february 9th so if you're in the area um get a hold of us we'd love to sit down and have a beer after um or dan said he's got plenty of slots open i think for both days i think sunday's got more slots than uh than the saturday um but there's plenty of slots open for that so uh, if you're not doing anything that weekend check out um the hunting beast forum uh, there's some threads on it there, or you can reach Dan on, on the beast on, on Facebook, um, and get kind of the details. Um, but we're really looking forward to that kind of learning it from, you know, kind of seeing it firsthand. I'm more of a visual learner. So to be able to sit down and, uh, I guess pick his brain after seeing how everything is laid out, like in the actual areas that he hunts is going to be pretty cool. So, um, really looking forward to that. Um, for our Patreons, I have um, secured uh, a portion of this this quarter's giveaway. I'm still working on the rest of it, but uh, Jason Samkowiak has been generous enough to donate one of his courses. So the full video course for um, his How to Bow Hunt uh, video course, where it kind of uh, walks you through how he sets up and uh, what kind of things he looks for, um, all of that, much more so than he goes into on his uh, normal YouTube channel or anything like that. And he does a great job on his YouTube channel, so um, that's going to be really beneficial. And he's given us uh, one of those to give away uh, in addition to um, some of the other things. And like I said, I, I haven't locked him in yet, so I don't want to do that, but um, I am looking at uh, some more uh, saddle type things because that seems to be what the Patreons are, are looking for. If you don't know what the Patreon, uh, is you can check out patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast and check out what we going on, got going on there. But, um, it's just kind of like a crowdfunding way to, uh, donate to the show. And then we take all that money that doesn't go towards the hosting fees and, and things for the show, uh, back and in, into giveaways and, um, kind of do, give back to the people that, that really support us. And I've uh, got a Facebook group for them to uh, interact and, and kind of follow along and, and get a little bit more feedback from the people that are, you know, really uh, vested um, in us uh, and in the show. And we do appreciate that. But if that's not for you, uh, no problem. Just follow along with us on uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And just please, please, please tell somebody else about the show. So that helps us. And if you really like us, if you really hate us, uh, write a review. You know, so, you know, we get tons and tons of downloads and, you know, uh, you know, thousands of downloads. And we have like 70 reviews on iTunes. So, you know, if you're listening and you've been listening for a while and you haven't uh, given us a rating or review, just click that five star, four star, one star if you really hate us um, down there on however you're listening. And, uh, you know, if you if you really want to take the time, uh, leave us a review. That really does help us. But tell somebody else about the show. Uh, the more people that we get out 
get uh, get this out there too, um, then it helps us in the rankings and all that and, and gets us out in front of more people. But uh, I'm going to be done rambling with the intro. Uh, it's kind of all we got. Uh, real fun podcast, real fun guy to talk to. Uh, very interesting if you want to start up something or you're, you have aspirations to be in the in the outdoor industry. Uh, it's a real um, honest look at uh, what it takes and, and kind of the ups and downs of, of becoming part of the, the outdoor industry. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, thanks for listening. Here we go. Hey everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast sitting uh, in one of the atriums at the 2020 ATA show uh, with uh, the man behind the 2020 ATA most innovative um, gold award winner for new products, uh, Matt Garris of Out on a Limb Manufacturing. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm good, and you? We're doing good. I mean, it's the... End of the show. A lot of beers were had. A lot of, a lot of fun. A lot of bullshit. And a lot of here, there, and everywhere. So, um, it, it's been a long weekend, but probably just the same for you, eh? Yeah, way <laughs> long weekend. <laughs> it's just begun. This is my first show of the year. And how many more shows do you have after this? Uh, honestly, I can't tell you exactly. But from here, we'll be off a week shipping. We'll ship product for a week. We try to lay a week off every show. Uh, we'll go to Shot Show in Vegas. We're there for one day, the twenty second. We're in the. I've been trying to get in shot for, well, six years since I started out on a land. When I had my trailer business before, I went to shot. Well, once you're out of the loop, you get on a waiting list. I've been on a waiting list for six years. Okay. And you've got to start with a one day show, which is a couple grand for one day, and then next year I'll be guaranteed to, if I want to get in the show, get in the show. All right. So, uh, for people who aren't familiar with you, um, uh, tell us a little bit about out on a limb and then your history with, you know, we, we always want to get in, you know, we're bow hunter centric, right. And so we want to always figure out where people started, kind of how they're and what their hunting style is, um, to kind of get a paint a broader picture of kind of like how you've evolved into what, what's going on today. So, yeah, the, uh, as far as out on a limb goes, out on a limb, uh, started, Five years ago, last November, uh, got to think about it a minute, put all my pieces back, put together, but uh, right at November, five years ago, I purchased my first lease property. I've always had permission to hunt because I had auto repair business for 19 years and farmers let me hunt. Well, I had a piece of property I wanted to hunt, so I approached the guy, pay for it, we get there. I 100% bow hunt. Uh, we get there. There's not a straight tree. I cannot put a tree stand in a tree unless I put it in a cedar tree 90 yards where I need to be. So that was the birth of the uh, TS1. I don't know if you've seen our TS1, but mm-hmm. TS1 will go on absolutely any tree. I have not found a tree I can't put it on. And, I mean, just that sprung into ladder stands for crooked trees and uh, pretty much anything in a tree, we did. I mean, that's just the way it was. And uh, just every year we come to ATA, we try to bring something new. Well, last year, we're kind of out of stuff to build. 
for what we do. And the talk of everything was saddle hunting. I had no idea what a saddle hunting was. I, mean, I, had, a, I had an idea in my head. They were telling me rock climbing harness, sit drag, all that, you know. Uh, so we went to, uh, we're just sitting in the shop. I just have one employee. His name's Chase Stalker. He came to work for me straight out of high school. Uh, I wanted to be a game warden, so thought it fit well. I said, hey, I'm going to this ATA show. Never been before, but welcome. Tag along, you know. So we did that, and we're sitting there talking. It's November again, you know, and ATA's coming up in January. We got it. What can we do different? And we both looked at each other at the same time and said, what about those saddle deals we're talking about? So I said, well, we build tree stands to build a platform. So I put together what I thought. I talked to a guy, uh, Scott Shear, Broadside Camo. Okay. He calls me. We'd been running around, uh, always traveled shows together. He said, build me something the size of a tablet. I'm thinking a tablet like a Apple laptop, you know. That's what I, I think. So I said, okay. He told me, he said, it's got to be able to take side pressure, blah, blah, blah. So I put it together, sent him a picture. He said, exactly the size I want. So, all right. We'll introduce this. Well, while I'm playing around, I built some steps that fold up just like the podium does, but there's only three inches square strapped to the tree. That will throw those in too, you know. So we take all that. Everybody laughed at those. No big deal. Then they started dissing my platform. Why, I don't know. Uh, Garrett Benner, the modern assassin, that's all he hunts off of. I gave him that platform because no one liked it. He told me to send it to him. He loves it. Anyway... We're driving home, and I'm typical Matt Garris. I get pissed off. The uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, God damn, we got to do something. And we're Chase and I just talk all the way home. You know, he listened to people, I listen to people. I said, Well, I get home, I'm gonna build another one. Throw a picture on the internet. Well, I I did. I throw a picture up on the internet, and how uh, people said, Hey, if it won't take side pressure, it ain't shit. Well, I already knew because I used the same design of bracket as I used with my TS1. I can put a 300-pound man on a horizontal limb. I know it'll take it'll take anything I put on it. So I did a little phone video, and I'm not very good at it. Posted it. People laughed. But then a couple people liked it. Uh, you familiar with the Southern Outdoorsman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jacob and Andrew called me and asked if they can come to my shop. Sure. So they come over, and all I have is a prototype of the podium. They liked it, asked if they could take it and do some testing with it, and they'd compare it with the Predator. So they did that, and that's kind of where the birth of the saddle hunting deal came from us. Their their video really launched our little product. Well, uh, I don't know the whole story, but I'm going to tell you, like, I see it in my head. Uh, Jacob's a pretty big kid. Well... I'd never never weight tested or anything on that podium. Well, he sends me a picture of the podium broke. You know, and I, immediately my heart sinks because I already started selling some. So I call everybody and say, hey, we need to ship these back. Got a new design. Well, some pictures got out. I'm not going to say who put, who worded them, but anyway, it, it was just, to me it was a ploy to tear me down. So we, we rebuilt it. Load tested at 600 pounds, actually 700, I think, and the, everything was fine. Started selling the podiums. Then I made the perch for Wild Edge. People wanted to, well, if we could get that in a 
direct-to-tree model, we'd buy it. So here comes the Ridge Runner. Ridge Runner has exploded for us. We've really done well with the Ridge Runner. Uh, then this year, well, should have built so many products this year, I can't even remember. But well, Before we get into the this year's products and, okay. and, and kind of that, that sort of thing, so, you know, you said that, uh, you know, you'd seen the you'd you'd made ran into a, a prop, property where you had to make this tree stand so what's your background in uh, i mean because people who listen to our podcast are like okay well it, john sitting here he could do that you know he'd yeah. be like well son of a bitch i gotta find something to do that i'll make one um but you have to have some sort of background i mean what's your background in manufacturing or it's not i mean go all the way back to high school 19 19- Probably 82. I was a sophomore, maybe in that area. I don't even know what year it was, but I had to have a credit. So I took FFA, Future Farmers of America. Well, had to learn how to weld. You learn your freshman year. So I'm in there my sophomore year. I don't know shit. You know, I pick up the welder. They haven't taught me anything, and I just start welding. Welding teacher comes over and said, Where'd you learn how to weld? Uh, just now, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, my welds actually look better than the guys that's been in school. So that's kind of where my welding part started. I built tree stands. I can't tell you how many tree stands I built. I'm 53, and I was, what, 16 years old then. Hundreds. And they're just for me. But one year, well, when I had my daughter, uh, she was three years old. Always wanted to hunt with dad, you know too cold in the prime so and i don't like hunting on the ground so i built this had a dream five o'clock in the morning wake up the wife said what's the matter with you so I, I got an idea so on a wednesday thursday i had my first working prototype of a trailer tower i don't know if you've ever seen a trailer tower but it is an atv trailer by yourself push a button stand it up into a tower blind less than five minutes i had heaters in them lights everything that's kind of where my fabrication history really took off. That was in the early 2000s. Took it to SHOT Show. Every show I went to, I sold a trailer tire, but I never got an order. So I gave up on it after a couple of years. Just went back to my own deal, hunting. and uh, That's when I leased the property and I couldn't get a tree stand in it. That was the birth of that only. Okay. And then, like I was saying before, and, you know, kind of... Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think the first time that I heard out on the limb, and where it resonated with me, because it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, "Holy shit, what is that?" You know, we're in the public land hunting space, and we're in the space of um, everything's got to be smaller, lighter, more compact. You know, and you probably want to throw up because that's all. It, it, you couldn't make anything light enough for right. for the masses at, at this point, but you know, you had some camera arms that were humongous. Yeah. I mean, and it. But it, it's it's one of those things where I'll be damned if it's not memorable because it's, well, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what, that camera arm, talk about humongous, it's actually lighter than a muddy arm. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but it was an overhead arm. I, I bow hunt only. I self-film. Every time I had, I built the side arms first. Every time I had one of them, that deer come in the wrong side. It's If you've filmed, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm at a show in Wichita with my little sidearm. I want to say it is the same year Fourth Arrow came out. I'm across 
the aisle from Fourth Arrow Camera Arms, and I got this three-jointed arm. The bracket would go like the ball, but it was all made out of plate. It had a, just like my tree stand, like mm-hmm. the TS-1. And I, you could see them over there laughing and shit, you know. And I don't take things very well. <laughs> so uh, another guy came up to me and said, hey, this a company has tried to make an overhead camera arm. They said it couldn't be done, and he winked at me. And he, he just knows me. And uh, I said, really? He said, yeah. They said it can't be done. It was a named company. I'll think about it here in a minute. So I, I leave that show, go home, and we go through the whole year. That was in February, March. Well, ATA's coming up. I've done been there once. Sold nothing. I've, ne- I've never sold anything to a dealer at ATA. Six years. And uh, I started whacking on metal. And uh, guys asked me what I'm doing. I said, I got an idea. This is a week before ATA starts, right? And we two-day drive for us because we stop. I had ordered, I don't know how many, the computer holders, you know, to hold your screen up and stuff. But I always had that dental arm in the back of my mind. So I get on Amazon, I I order a dental light. That son of a bitch is five feet long. Right. <laughs> but it was what I wanted. You know, I mounted it above my drill press, and I took it apart. And it, it's too complicated, right? So I got on Amazon, I ordered some uh, hydraulic dampeners. They're like a gas spring, but they're just, they just dampen. Thursday, we're leaving on a Sunday. Thursday, all these pieces come in that I'd ordered, not knowing what I was even building, had an idea on my head. I put this thing together, and I'll be damned if it don't work. <laughs> I'm like, this son of a bitch is going to work. It had the same bracket as my original camera arm. Hokey as shit, dude. When I look back, then I thought it was pretty cool, but when you look back on it, it's <laughs> hokey as shit. Anyway, it worked. So let's, let's introduce it to ATA and see what people say. Had no idea. It cost me eight hundred dollars to build a prototype. <laughs> uh, and that's you know, about paid retail for everything. Well, we we hanging up on a little tree at ATA that year. People come by. What in the fuck is that? I mean, exact words. And I showed them. They, oh, wait a minute. That'll work. They said, "What's it going to cost?" I, said, I don't know. Probably seven hundred bucks. You know, I knew I could get stuff cheaper. Is that all? And my old wheels start tearing. <laughs> Next guy come up. He was just as excited as the first guy. What are them going to run when you get them done? Nine ninety nine. Well, then I'm making money, right? Right. Uh, so I thought I had it. Didn't sell a one. Uh, some friends of mine, Jason Bisbee, he's a videographer, films a lot of TV shows. We met them at the show. He liked it, so he come to my shop and he said, "Let's let's do you a video and see if we can get it out there." You said, "You think the zero you seen is big? This thing, one by two tubing. It was longer both ways. It was still six pounds probably, but it you couldn't miss an angle with it. I filmed with it when we got back from ATA, and you couldn't miss an angle. Then I decided to put a monitor on it. I can point the camera back here and see everything's going on behind me." straight down it didn't matter you know it's it was to me a self-filmer's dream i've never published any video but i like doing it (laughs) so the next ata we take 
the finished version, put the ball mount on it, anything, everything. That's where it kind of gets interesting. Hawk sees it, calls me. Uh, I'm going to a TMA conference in Branson, Missouri. We're eating dinner the night, the day before we, or the day we get there before the meetings start, and I get a call from Scott Lee of Hawk of Hawk Hunting, and uh, he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm in uh, Branson, Missouri, at a TMA conference." So am I. I said, really? I said, well, I have to bring that camera arm. You want to look at it? So that's why I'm calling you. So okay, cool. He said, I like my engineer to look at it. So we go through all the meetings, three days worth. I never hear from him. 11 o'clock that night, we're going to leave the next morning. Everything's over with other than the partying, you know, and I don't party. Well, I see him walking. So I said, hey, Scott, you, you still want to look at that camera arm? I was in upstairs, I was in downstairs. He said, yeah. He said, let me get my engineer. So they come up there. I grab it out of the trunk, stick it on a, the post in front of the motel. It's raining. We're up underneath awning, you know. And show it to him. And Scott said, asked the engineer, he said, what do you think it's going to take to sell this thing? A package? Scott said, you think? He's looks to me like he's got a finished product. Just need to clean it up a little bit. So cool. So well. That was a handshake deal. I won't tell you percentages, but it's better than any percentage I've heard from anybody. Before we get the deal done, they I mean, they went as far as sent me drawings. They remodeled it, all milled aluminum. I was using tubing and stuff like it is now, but I knew it would not fly because milling is too expensive. I'd know that from the sticks. But uh, never heard from never heard from Well, what happens? Muddy, it got sold. Muddy buys hot. You know what's going through my mind? Yeah. Now I got a handshake deal. And they got their draw- your drawings. They got my draw- They got the arm. Oh. <laughs> they got the proto. I gave it to him. Oh, no. So every time I come to this place, I this is the first year I haven't walked around to look and see if that can. I would have heard about it if it's here, I know, but I always worry. It's always in the back of my mind. But uh, anyway, that deal's through, through, so we're back to nobodies again. <laughs> Next year, well, Scott told me, he said, Matt, if you can make this smaller, you'd probably have something. But I, he'd already sold, but he was just trying to help me out, you know. So we come to ATA that year. And James Jones with Sniper Cameras tells me, uh, calls me on my way home because I'm mad I didn't sell anything again. I sold one camera arm. cost me $7,000 that year for my, between booth and motels and stuff. I sold a $500 camera arm. Uh, he called me and said, if you can make that smaller, they'll sell. Dude, I can't make it. It's got four shocks on it. I can't make it no smaller to make it work. We get home midnight Sunday or Monday. Chase, the kid that works for me, doesn't, he never comes in the day after the we return from a show. Well, he happened to come in that afternoon about 1 o'clock. And I'm whacking on metal. What are you doing? I said, leave me alone a minute. Four o'clock, it's done. And by God, it's half the size and it works. So there's the birth of the 0360E. So that's, we did that for a year. And then then comes the run and gun saddle stuff. And that's where we're at now. Okay. And so with, uh, before we get into this year's like products and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, so you, you get done with the, the Ridge Runner. Um, you know, people are selling them, people are buying them. 
to that point, had you ever even sat in a saddle or? or um... I got my first saddle at Iowa last year when I met Drew Walter with Wild Edge and showed him the perch. I bought a saddle from him. It was a Kestrel. And then how has that transition been? I mean, you know, obviously saddle hunting is the big thing. And, you know, for, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but you're. 53. Okay. So for a 53-year-old guy to say, all right, well. You're saying I'm old man. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> that I'm I'm sitting over here with the the, the old men in my life. That, uh, and even John being older and stubborn and, and the whole thing. When I first got a saddle, I told him I was going to get it. He's like, he straight up laughed at me. And he's like, well, oh, camo diaper, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then, you know, he's got back issues, all that. Our listeners know that. And he sits in it one time and he says, get me one. I don't care which one. I just need one. And and so that's what it is. So for yourself and, I mean, uh, I'm going to use your words, being a stubborn guy, um, how is that transition for you? Dude, I sat in the saddle for the first time, hated it. You got to see our trees in Oklahoma, though. Tether's over here. I'm holding myself over here for four hours. I get to my truck and I can't move. <laughs> yeah, you're fighting it the whole I, time. I knew what it was, though. I knew I was fighting it. So next time, well, I told you I leased 5,100 acres this year. Hasn't been hunted in 20 to 30 years. Sold all the cattle a year ago. Premium. I mean, you can't drive through there without seeing wildlife. Seven miles from one end to the other. Takes me 10 minutes time I opened the gate to drive to where I walked to my stand. <laughs> That's a lot of property. Well, I sit in the tree the first night with the saddle, and it's it's got some straight spots on it. Had some bad hit pinch. Built me a little spreader bar. So <laughs> my hit pinch went away. It works. The only thing that don't work about it, when you stand up to get down, forget about it, it falls. <laughs> but no big deal. You learn after the first time. Shot a deer. A trophy that night. Saddle wasn't that bad. I haven't been in a tree stand all year. I've been in saddle and I hunt not every day, but almost every day until I tagged out. And so, as a businessman, manufacturer, stubborn old man, whatever, however you want to want to look at it, um, how do you think? You know, everybody says that's a tool in the toolbox, all that stuff. Saddle hunting, and you know, you. you You've, you've done pretty well making tree stands and, and the like. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, saddles aren't a new thing. No. But how, how do you see that now in your um, arsenal going forward? It's definitely, saddles definitely got a place. I personally believe the tree stand's more comfortable, but it's not as versatile. You can't get where I'm, that's the whole meaning of the, my TS1. I hunt where I want. I don't hunt where the trees tell me to hunt. I hunt where, where I want to hunt at. And I can do that same thing with a saddle. Okay. And then, so now with the products that you brought here to, to ATA, uh, let's kind of go through those and, and how did they evolve? Because it's, you know, there's a couple different iterations and a couple different ideas and, and it, it takes time to, to put those things together. Out of necessity, I'm probably on my phone 98% of the time that I'm not working. If I'm at home, I'm on my phone reading comments, getting pissed off at the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I pay attention. Things things catch my attention that I feel need. Everything I built, there's need for. After I built the perch, 
I met Garrett Benner at that show. I took a miniature Zero 360 that I built for saddle hunting. It's never seen the light of day other than on their post that day. And I still think it'll work, but I haven't. I got. He asked me to build a smaller arm. I'd already started one because I already had this saddle. Once my mind starts going, it don't shut off. But I had this already had this saddle deal in my mind, a miniature arm, uh, half inch solid square stock is lighter than one inch tubing. So that that's where all this solid stuff began. It's looks heavy, but it's not. Uh, so this year we podium, perch, ridge runner, assassin reach, CA one, which is little larger, cheaper version of my full-size camera arms, I guess you'd say. Uh, I guess now the sticks. Was on vacation in Florida this year. I'd already had a design for a stick. Already had a prototype built up, pictures of. It was going to be a lot of work because it called it switchblade. Just think of a switchblade knife. That's what my sticks were. And, uh, we're driving there. I'm I'm riding actually, and uh, my phone rings. It's Jacob Myers. He said, "Dude, you've heard Jacob talk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy's got some carbon sticks. I'm not really interested in carbon. I'm a metals guy, so that didn't trip my trigger. Then he then he mentioned someone had a three quarter stick, and it's like a, a light bulb in my ding ding ding, you know and he said, what? I said, got an idea. <laughs> shit cannon the, the prototype. No, you're not. I said, yeah, shit cannon prototype. Came back. I just got through building the Assassin Reach, right? I knew it was stronger than one-inch tubing, lighter than one-inch tubing. I can't say stronger than one-inch tubing, but does the same thing, lighter. So I build sticks out of half-inch solid stock. Those are my sticks still. I wouldn't put the public in them because they will... You can bend them, but uh, they are light. Oh, we just we were just talking to somebody else, and they hadn't been over to see your sticks, and they they said they maybe saw maybe it was a prototype video or something that he said they thought that they flexed or something like that. So I don't well, know. If that's those the are... beauty of aluminum. Aluminum will give a long ways, and it comes back. Right. And one thing I learned from tree stand testing, they don't care if it bends; they care <laughs> if it comes back. Your uh, deflection has to be near zero or you fail and aluminum is very good at that that's how i mean it took 1500 pounds to crack my ts1 so i could i could have a 750 pound weight rating on a ts1 does it have to be that heavy no but it's it's not heavy but just the way the metal works and uh anyway i i knew it was going to work for sticks and i built me some and they worked good i used them a month and bins I don't public land hunt, I left them in the tree, so I never saw bending a little bit every time I climb them. And they got it; they got a slight bow in them, but I still use them every day. So I knew I can't put that to the public, so that puts me on a uh-oh mission for getting things ready for ATA. Cause we just started this stick deal in October. I mean, we've gone from idea to well, I guess I finished them in October put my first prototypes out in October to my testers. So we're less than six months in a product we win a gold award with. 
And so let's talk about some of the features of the the sticks. So I can tell you the, the standoffs are sharp as hell. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're all looking at our hands right now. <laughs> I have had some people file them down, and from the tester standpoints, they actually bite better. They don't cut slice so much. They come in, and they still bite the same, but they don't slice. But uh, they are twenty four ounces. You have optional single step, double step, or a scout platform. The uh, stick itself, 19-inch long material, so it gives us a 17-inch step-to-step. We got an extra inch at the bottom with the hole drilled in it, so you could add a, an aider to to that or hang it on the step. There's just so many ways to build aiders. You, know, you can do anything you want with it. Uh, standoffs rotate. For, and the only reason that I did rotating standoffs at all, a fixed standoff will not work on our trees. Right. They won't. They're too yeah. many directions. Uh, I've caught slack over the standoffs. but You want them to be able to rotate a little yeah. bit. So that way they both hit. You want four points of contact right. on your stick. Yeah. If you contact one point, you're bending something. Right. And so you've got the sticks and then... Um, when did that so you so i've been using um a friend of ours makes a platform that goes on the top stick uh and you've got something similar how when did that come about that came about exactly two weeks ago <laughs> i was just gonna say <laughs> that came about monday <laughs> yeah. well it, it, it honestly did i had one of my testers sent me a picture and he was standing on the top i thought he was standing on the top of my stick i'm like don't you use a platform? Because I'd sent him a platform. He said, yeah, I wasn't on it yet. He put the sticks on the back side and had a platform on the other side. I said, you just gave me an idea. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I run to the machine shop the next day. My machine shop's about an hour from the house. Told him what he wanted. He said, when do you want it? I said, tomorrow if you can. <laughs> you know? Right. I said, I'd like to perfect this and take it with me this next week. So we built one up. I literally welded those together. We left. I don't know when we left. Wednesday? No, Tuesday. We left Tuesday. I welded them together Monday. Yeah, seems kind of par for the course when you get a bug up your ass about Pe- something. People so. that know me know me. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning to know me, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so when you left out of Oklahoma headed for the show, you know, you posted a few teasers about sticks and you know um your uh, testers had put out some videos that i'd seen um you know coming here and your past history with products and ata show and you know the the, the whole climate of the show and saddle hunting and mobile hunting and everything um bringing those here what was your expectations and then how were they received i mean obviously well, you the, you won the award and whatnot but uh, overall i really had high hopes just because i mean these sticks are the best stick out there as far as i know i've never owned them but i read and it's b sticks this b sticks that right dude sells out in two hours 1500 sticks or whatever you know Sells them out in two hours. Surely I can sell a thousand sticks in a month, right? That's 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 my goal. If I sell a thousand sticks, I can pay my machine shop bill. People think that these are marked up. Dude, these are not marked up. 
I don't even make a hundred percent markup and I never went to business school, but I've been in business since I was 21 years old, self-employed, started out with a retail store. My people told me that you have to double what you spend or you can't make it. Well, I'm not doubling what I'm spending. I'm hoping I make it. Volume. I've always known volume sells. Volume is where your money's at. So that's what I'm trying. I got a very large bill staring me at the face. So you leave out of Oklahoma with this very large bill staring in the face, high hopes. Scared shitless. And you get here, and then? Thursday morning, I'm able to put the first. I mean, I've been putting teasers out, but it wasn't really bound by contract. But when I got the email from ATA, they said, are you going to release this before October? I said, no, I'm going to release it at thursday well you can't sell any uh, so i gotta have testers you know i said i've already sent sticks out to testers I said well as long as you don't invoice them and you don't get things out that's why i haven't really leaked in i put a few little teasers out there but everyone does that uh so i really couldn't talk about it and when i got here and put them deals out we got a brand new website it's not working very well PayPal doesn't work on it. you got to pay with a credit card. I'm getting emails every day. Hey, your PayPal's not working. But within the first hour, we sold not a lot of sticks, but a good show for me, a good three-day show, selling all the products I got. 3000 has been my best ever show for the three days. Well, we sold about $10,000 with product Thursday. I sold... Yeah, I guess everyone bought everything Thursday because I ain't sold anything since. <laughs> so I'm still in that scared mode. But I did notice there's a, a lot of ones and two sales. So I think, you know, no one knows anything about my products. They didn't in the beginning. Now I've got a, I feel like i got a pretty decent name in the industry. I've been in the industry for six years. People know who I am. Public guys don't know, didn't know who I am. They're starting to know. But I'm known for building a solid product. I mean, if it's not right, I'm going to fix it. And we've proven that through this last year. So I think we're going to do all right. Well, I guess on that note, one of the things I'd like to say, you know, you you talked about the different camera arms and stuff that you made. But, I mean, so I have bought one of your bases and and, uh, because I've been using fourth arrow. (coughs) Just because, what was I, that? yeah, exactly, uh, <laughs> and but it's relevant, right? right. So now they're the they got the best marketing deal out there, but they're big as hell. And for uh, the base, the bracket, all of that, there's no good way to pack it. Um, and there's no room between the tree and you. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a video, and like I was telling you before, one of the things is, and I've I talked to Matt on the phone. Uh, the packability, like everybody talks about weight and weight and weight and weight and with saddles and this saddle's two ounces less than that saddle and this one, blah, blah, blah. The amount of bulk and packability. So if you gave me a camera arm base that fit in my cargo pocket that weighed five pounds, I Your probably... Your pants would be in the floor, but... I, I wouldn't enjoy it, <laughs> but I mean... I, I, there would be definitely some sort of right. There's a happy medium a, a, between a trade-off. Like right. I would, I'd rather have that than, you know, John's using 
uh, another giant one that I won't we won't mention. Mine's uh, but, a boat anchor, but it won't fit in the seat that he's sitting in. That's a muddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know camera arms, <laughs> and so um, that that issue right there, you know. So I want to take a gallon Ziploc bag and try and stuff, you know, the the bracket for the tree and a shoulder in that bag and see how much of a pain in the ass it is. Then take your your what is it the CA one or whatever that bracket is and and stick it in that bag and you're like oh well now we've got something and then the base that he's got for the assassin's reach you put that in there and it's even smaller and now that almost about fit in your cargo pocket and then he's got his own personal one that's in a in the channel um but what i'm getting at is you just i mean if you haven't gotten it from this podcast yet he's like he's he's like john you know, uh, our good friend Billy said it later, uh, earlier in the, the, the week, he said, I'm, we're explaining all this stuff. And he says, well, man, if you've got a problem, just tell John and he'll figure it out. And, you know, you call up Matt, you send him a message on Instagram or, or wherever. And you say, Hey man, this is what I want to do. And he'll tell you, yeah, it'll work. No, it won't. Hold on. Yeah, it will. Let me check. <laughs> yeah. Let me try something. Yeah. All right. It'll be in the mail uh, Sunday. So, and then you just get you know, a, a barcode shipping and, and that's what it's going to be. And for, for people that don't, don't get it, you know, when you, you're dealing with a, a big company where you can't ever talk to the same person, you might not get, you know, the same answer. Um, but right here, you know, we're talking to a guy who's the hands of, that are touching it. I mean, right. he's making it. And if he, and if you don't like it, or there's something wrong with it, you can just call him up and he'll say, send it back or I'll send exactly. you, you know. And in today's day and age, there's there's not a whole lot about that. You know, there's, there's not a lot of that available. If you come to my shop, I build roughly 25 different products. Not I don't advertise most of them. What you see on my website is what I try to sell. There is not a product that goes out of my shop that my hands don't touch. Yes, I uh, farm out machine work. I farm out some welding. I can't do it all. I'm one guy and a helper. Chase does a lot of assembly. He does all my, he runs the store. I, mean, I got a, a, a pro shop, you might call it, an archery pro shop. Uh, we try to stock things that, academy. we got an academy in our town and that's all we have. Our we had a mom and Paul gun store. They closed up. I don't advertise at all. I don't get my front door stays locked. If you if you come to my store, you come in the shop way because that's where I'm at. Uh, but I literally touch every product that come goes out, ships out of our place. And so um, we just saw from you uh, those guys that are that are paying attention. And I mean, if you follow anything with uh, with Jacob. You know, and uh, Ernie over here, he's sitting watching the podcast with Frank. You know, he was a, a lock on limit guy in the, the wind walker. And I know he's really on you about you got to build one of those. You know, there's a market for that, that little stand. Uh, there is uh, there's a market for that in the mobile hunting industry. That's what people are are going after. And you see the prices that they're paying for these, um, you know. 30 year old 
tree stands. Yeah, it's um, crazy. So what was that stand that you just built, and are we looking forward to, to seeing well, something? Well, the one I that? just built, I had a, a fella from Pennsylvania call me, asked me if I would go in partners with him building a running gun stand. I said, no, I'm not partnering. I've been down the road. It's I'm too set in my ways, too old to deal with uh, someone changing my mind. I build things the way I like to build them. If you come, I said, if you come to my shop, I'll give you a couple days of my time. Pay me by the hour. We'll build what you want. If I think it's unsafe, we got to change it. We spent first day, I bent him up a platform in less than 10 minutes. He said, you've done more in 10 minutes than I've done in a month. So well, I build tree stands for a living. So we build it. I don't particularly like it, especially the first time. Once adjustable platform, I've already tried what we were doing once, and it worked, but it. I would not put your John, right? Yep. I would not put John in. John's too big. He's too big of a guy. Ain't that he's big. He's just big. It, it'd fail, and he'd die, or he'd get hurt bad, and I'm – I ain't about that. I'm not putting somebody in harm's way. We put it, I got a telephone pole. We test it. If I can stick something to this telephone pole, I know that it'll stay. We put it up there. It, it was flexing, but wasn't bending. So I gave her the old one-two hop. She collapsed. <laughs> I said, I told you I didn't think this was going to work. What can we do? I've got a, I've got a little stand I call the ninja, or actually Chase calls the ninja. He didn't like I've got the little ambush. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. He he does not like that 13 and a half by 21 platform. He's scared of heights. Not scared of heights. It's just he don't like it. So I build him what we call a ninja. It'll actually adjust side to side and front to back. And I have a system that I built for his to raise and lower the cables on a threaded mechanism. Smooth, quiet. Got more adjustment than the than the old slot deal. And the guy said, well, you don't really want to put that out there, do you? Isn't that yours? I said, yeah. He said, you got a patent on it now. I said, I'm not worried about it. I'm not, that's not what something I'm going to take to market anyway. Anyway, if you want to put it on your stand, we'll put it on your stand. Really? I said, yeah, we'll do it. You know? So we put it on inch and a quarter square tubing, which just too small. It worked. It's 10 o'clock the next night. But, uh, I, we made the stand cam lock to the tree. It's not just you don't just hang it on like you do most. When you pull the platform down, it puts almost enough force to bust a strap on it. I mean, it it locks it to the tree. And in doing that, you got a post here and a post here. Pulls the center where the strap's at. I can see a little bow, but it's not it's not bad. When you, I promise you, when you got up on that stand. It's like standing on that table right there. It did not flex, did not move. You'd like it. I mean, it's solid as rock. I put the old four hop on that one. <laughs> it Everything held good. Took it inside, but I could see a bow. I said, dude, I can't let you take it. It's 10 o'clock at night, and he's got to go home the next day. Well, we'll just we'll just scrap the idea. I appreciate you helping. I said, no, I got an idea. We're going to make this work. Back to the saw. Cut it up, build a new stand. We, we're hand cutting all these standoffs and everything because I don't have 
I got a nice shop, but I don't have every everything I need. So I build him another post. It works. So he's all happy. We send him on. We got finished at midnight. Finished powder coating at twelve fifteen. He went on and he he's he's posted on Facebook. I haven't I haven't seen it a lot, but I know he loves it. He put a three hundred and some pound guy on it. Sent me a video of it. So I know it's worthy. And so what are we what are we looking for? You, you going to bring one of those next year to to the ATA? I mean, had I not spent three days on that stand, I'd have had a prototype here. <laughs> But he, I'm he took glad. Prototype. I, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, it would have been a functioning stand. But I've got. I mean, I don't know if I should say it because I don't have any anything to protect it right at the moment. But there's nothing like it. So in all the years of making different products and and seeing things, maybe that are less than. Uh, from other companies or whatever succeed and things that you know you've made and you feel are superior you know just not sell or or you know or, or whatever um you know what do you think is the biggest factor in driving sales like in this big machine i mean you're in this giant complex this biggest room i mean it's it's a tough industry i mean lots of competition especially when you don't i mean i make it a habit not to look at any other product. You don't see me go by booths and look. I, I don't want to see what they got because I don't want everybody accused of being copied, which I'm getting accused of that anyway, but I don't copy anything. There's always something different about what I do, and it and it comes from a bare piece of metal to an idea to cut it, and that's my idea. It's not because I looked at something and that'll work. You know, I want it to work my way. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of all, all the, the kind of points we wanted to hit. Is there anything else that you want to, you know? Buy some sticks. <laughs> <laughs> One question I always ask is, what's your bow set up right now? My bow? Your bow. What bow are you shooting? I shoot an Obsession that's 2016 Sniper GT. <laughs> I just I just built one of those. <laughs> the reason I shoot that, I was just dinking around. What All my life, I've been a fixed single pin guy yep when i bought my first exception i saw him at at here ata here uh six years ago one of the kids i brought with me bought a, an evolution from a guy i i was too busy with my my deal i didn't i did not shoot one bow i shot a bow today two bows today uh we got back to shop and i shot that thing and dude I've been Matthews for 27 years at this time. Mm-hmm. One shot, I ordered the bow. I got online. I found a 2014 Sniper GT. Put my single pin side on it. Pretty, I'm pretty deadly with it. I go to a trade show in McAllister, Oklahoma. They got a, a range set up, 25 to 47. They won't let me shoot in their little competition because I got a, a single pin. They think it's a... Slider. Slider. I said, dude, I, I said, I'm going to shoot a fixed single pin. You got multiple pins. Okay. We, we just won't, we can't record it because it's a, it was a competition thing that they're having, but I just was shooting for fun. I shot with these professional uh, target archers, arrow for arrow, and scored the same as they did. 
<laughs> with a single pin fixed from 25 to 47. And a lot of people make fun of me when I shoot a bow because I look at the target, draw, shoot. Call me Robin Hood, I guess, is what they <laughs> called me. There. So you're Robin of the Hood, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm hitting 10 rings at 40 yards with a single pin fixed set at 20. Actually, I usually set it at 30 was my dead on, and I'd aim lower and aim high. But that obsession bow didn't drop. They said it's got to drop. I mean, I said I compensate, but I'm not I'm not holding above the target. You know, I'm right. inch or two is all I did. And that sold me on those. I became a dealer that year, first dealer obsession dealer in Oklahoma. Uh, thought because I was a dealer, I had to have a new bow. So I ordered a 2015 Nightmare GT, up to 30 yards, tack driver. Over that, I can't, I'm not all over, but I'm not, if I can't hit a quarter, I don't feel like I'm doing good, right? Right. <laughs> At 100 yards, and a buddy talked me into getting a single pin slider, because yeah. he's, he's, I got to walk through archery range in my backyard, and we got one target, we can shoot 100 yards. I never shot it that far. He just walked out there, hey, we can get 100 yards out of this one. Dude, I'm three foot above the target, so right. I can, <laughs> I'm lucky to hit the target, you know. So he talked me into getting adjustable. That's pretty cool. I started shooting 100 yards, hit a pie plate, right? Consistent, and with then I bought the so next year. I had to buy a new bow, but I didn't want to buy the high dollar one, so I bought the K model, the Sniper GT. First two days, I Robin Hood arrow at 60 yards. Not I'm, it was lucky, I'm sure, but I was trying to hit a turkey head. Yeah, and I thought I missed the target. Walk up there, my eyes aren't that good. And be damned if I didn't rob no there. That's that's the longest I've ever kept a bow. I still have, I still shoot that bow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John. John gets uh, all the bows dropped off and fixes them. That was Dennis Lewis. I just sent a text to a while ago. Said I'm gonna call you back. <laughs> I'm. I'm I think I decided I'm going to get a new one. Yeah. I'm going to try the Evolution 7, I think. Well, that's not a not a bad choice. That was what I was wondering is what was the brace height on that Nightmare. Cause that, that's, Six. That, yeah, well, and that was their speed bow. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a 29-inch axle axle, it was, Yeah. I think I got 317 with the arrows I shoot. Yeah. 29-inch, 2970. Yeah, it's screaming. But so if people want to buy sticks, they want to buy a ridge runner, they want to call and bother you and say, I got this idea, but you can't do it. Where do they, how do they get a hold of you? Where do they call you? My phone number is on my, my cell phone number is my business number. It's on, it's plastered on my website, on my page. I'm on it 24-7. If I don't ask, I go to bed at 10 o'clock unless I'm building a tree stand for a fellow. <laughs> That's the deal. I mean, I get made fun of all the time at these shows. Everyone goes out and drinks. I'm in my room, usually laying in bed at 8, 9 o'clock, and I'm asleep by 10. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much all we got for today, John. You got anything? No, what was your website? Outonalimmfg.com. Okay. So I want to, I don't know if, I think we might have said this, but I want to reiterate. I had a guy come to my booth a while ago. His name is Dennis Apple. He does... I don't know if he does podcasts, but he does. Um, I can't remember his name. I apologize. I don't remember his name, name of his deal. But he spent about 30 minutes to an hour in my booth a while ago. And I've had a lot of questions raised 
on my post about stacking sticks. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. I built them to stack in pairs because it only, the most to me you need is four uh, for where I hunt. And I put two on each side, right? Just tie them to my, I've never really, I've never had to worry about packing things because I hunt private lands. Well, he came over there and we started configuring. I can put four sticks touching each other's flats. So that's, they're five-eighths. That's three inches of stick height with the standoffs uh, or the platform. Four sticks with a plat- mini plat- scout platform is, by the, doing the math right, is six and a half pounds, 29 inches long, half inch taller than a dollar bill, so three inches tall for a mobile setup. All you need. Six six and a half pounds put you in the tree at twenty feet. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> and what space? You know, because that's what everybody wants to know. What's your spacing to get to twenty feet, or, or how are you doing it? I'm a monkey's how I do it. But <laughs> I mean, everyone's using. I don't use eighters, and you could probably get more than that with four four sticks. And I was dead set about building that. You probably seen it, the folding stick that I had. Mm-hmm. Well, I put that on a tree one time. And kick myself in the ass because I can take. I put a little video out this morning, live live feed video this morning. I laid my forty inch stick that I built, which is two of my minis in one piece, and you can get three feet higher with two mini with the same amount of same weight, three ounces difference, maybe four ounces. Get three three feet higher with two minis. It's it wasn't hard to figure out when you stick it on a tree. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Awesome. But we're gonna have to go over and get some some video of that them stacked up and yeah. And then well, we'll get it up they there. might be sold, but I got more. <laughs> well, I got some boxes. <laughs> All right. Well, I really appreciate. You I know, appreciate you guys, and then I apologize for rambling because I talk a lot. Oh no, no. Well, that's, that's, what that's, that's that's what I do. So. <laughs> All right. Well, All thank right. you. All right. Thank you.